You are now listening to Unscathed and Thriving with your host, Deshaun Williams. And I want to go ahead and tell you that if you've ever been told that your dreams were too far-fetched or that you needed to do something to fit in in order to be successful, this is the podcast for you. Because what we do is we drop gems and knowledge on how to be successful by being authentic to who you are. We don't worry about what those other people have to say. So come on, sit down, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My name is Deshaun Williams, and I'm your host for the Mindset Impact Podcast. And today, we have a special guest, Miss Debbie Griffith. Miss Debbie Griffith was born and raised in greater Los Angeles area. She graduated with honors from, how do you say that? Biola University. Biola University with a bachelor's of science degree in organizational leadership. This degree helped her advance in the homeowners association industry, where she has written several articles on common interest developments. Always trying to broaden her horizons Miss Debbie chose to write her first novel revolving around the trauma inflicted by gaslighting. This novel is a fictionalized story of a woman's quest to successfully rebuild her life with grace and courage following a painful divorce where she was a victim of domestic abuse. Miss Debbie is the proud mother of three grown children and considers her faith and family most important. She enjoys reading, needlework, genealogy, and playing at golf (laughs) in her spare time. I like that, playing at golf. In my spare time, yes. I would like to play at it more, but yes, it, it, it is what it is. It's a good game. It's, you know, it challenges you as an individual and then also gets you outside, you know, in the sunshine. I'm in SoCal, so, you know, our weather is pretty good most of the year. Most of the time. So good morning to you, Deshaun. Thank you for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. It's an honor to have you on. And, uh, you know, I've never, I think only the farthest I've been is Florida. Um, And so, you know, I haven't been on the West Coast yet, but 70 degrees. You're missing out. (laughs) Yes. It was 30 degrees in South Carolina. It was 70 in Florida. And it was like, it's cold. I'm like, this is, this is the life like this is what I love Uh, (laughs) like what's cold to us may be hot to someone else and what's hot to us may be cold to someone else right right absolutely and so the first question that I want to ask you today is what exactly is gaslighting That's a great question. And it's really a psychological manipulation um, from one person to another. And so the victim, their their sense of reality is skewed. Um, It causes the victim to question their thoughts and even their sense of reality and, you know, even memories of how things happen. And I want to say the best example of this. And if you haven't seen this movie, I do encourage you to see it. It's the 1944 movie. It's called Gaslight. 
And it's with uh, Charles Boyer and Ingrid Bergman. It's a, kind of a classic. They're both classic actors. And where the, the husband slowly turns down the gas light in their apartment, you know, little bit by little bit by little bit. And the wife, Ingrid Bergman, is questioning it. She starts questioning it. She goes, why is it so much darker in the room? And, you know, the husband's saying, it's it's not. It's, it's in your mind. And to, so she eventually gets you know, very disturbed and kind of crazy, you know, questioning her own sense of reality. So that's kind of a, a great example of, of what happens when you're being gaslighted. Yeah, I, I've, um, so, you know, me and you both are uh, familiar with Clubhouse and uh, mm -hmm. I've heard rooms on it. I, I, for me, I don't know if it's a trigger, but uh, I've just never been able to stay in those rooms because of the way that people can, um, the things that people would do to someone else to try to get an advantage over them. Um, so, you know, I got to ask this question because I'm a uh, mental health and suicide prevention advocate. Uh, how does how did gaslighting contribute or how does it contribute to depression and um or and or suicide attempts another good question and i can only really relate it to what happened to me um i was in a a marriage for 17 18 years and the, the reason i left i was brought to the point of suicide and I did attempt suicide. I thought that was my only way to escape. And, um, you know, woke up, woke up in the psych ward and, you know, you're under that 72 hour watch. And the, my doctor came in and said, your environment is making you sick. Now to back up a little bit, um, probably the prior six months, uh, prior to that, I started realizing that there was something something wrong with the marriage. I wasn't happy, didn't know why. I had gone into a grocery store, do my weekly shopping, saw one of the national women's magazines with this nice recipe on the cover, picked it up, not realizing there was an article on verbal abuse. A woman had written her story um, about the signs and what triggered it for her about verbal abuse. Well, I never heard of verbal abuse and it's like the article didn't, you know, attract me. I bought the magazine for the recipe. Right. So a couple of days later, I had some times picked up the magazine, read that article. And in it, one of the things she said is that she realizes that her stomach flipped whenever her husband came home. Now, that was very telling to me because the day I got married, as I was entering the church with my dad and I'm on his arm, all of a sudden my stomach did one of those flips. And I remember grabbing onto my dad and he, not saying anything. It just kind of flipped. It took me so much by surprise. And he said, you know, you can back out if you want. It's not too late to back out, which I, I was like, well, no, when you have like 200 pairs of eyes looking at you and everybody's, you know, as you're entering the church is like, no, I attributed it to, you know, wedding jitters. So 
that feeling, you know, that reading that in our article triggered triggered it for me. And a week, about a week went by, my husband came home. He was gone basically most of the week traveling for, for work. And I hear the garage door open knowing that he was coming home and my stomach flipped. And I'm thinking, no, no, this can't be. So it happened a couple more times. And I remember calling my mom and, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm not happy and I don't know why. And her response was, I've been praying all these years for this call. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? They thought that he might've be, might've been too controlling. And, and he was because even to the point of isolation, you know, even distancing myself from, from family, friends, my family in particular. So I started, you know, having some discussions and I said, you know, I'm not to my husband. And I said, you know, I'm not happy in this marriage. And he said, well, that's your problem. And I said, no, it, it takes two for a marriage. So I think it's our problem. And you know, the pressures and stuff of trying to either make it work or make that decision um, started escalating. And I did get sick. I had pneumonia. There was another traumatic, a couple of traumatic incidents that happened right around this six months. I started becoming very depressed and, and started seeing, seeking help. And really the medicine couldn't didn't kick in fast enough before the suicide thoughts. I was spiraling downhill faster than the medicine could 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 catch me at that point in time. It was the perfect storm. And, you know, as I said I earlier, I thought there was no other way to escape this marriage. I thought everybody was better off without me, even my kids. Um, you know, just really, really wasn't happy. So it was just being my whole sense of distress of who I was got skewed. I was lost. I didn't know who I was. And that's one of the impacts of, of being gaslit, especially over a period of years and um, what it did to me. And this is how, you know, again, I internalized it and uh, you know, made, made a suicide attempt. It's not something I'm proud of. It's not easy to talk about. But at the same time, I one of the reasons I wrote the book is to show red flags so of, of being gaslit so that people can can recognize it and do something sooner rather than later. Absolutely. Um, you know, I'm sorry that you had to go through that. Um, and so you know, it's all about a transformation. So mm -hmm. how has life been since, uh, since the attempt and since getting out of that environment? It's been a long haul because there were children involved in the marriage. They were 10 years apart. My youngest was four. My oldest was 14 when I made the decision to, to divorce. And, and I'm a cradle Catholic. So um, you know, divorce is not in the vocab, my vocabulary still isn't, um, you know, I, I believe, believe in marriage until death to you part, but, you know, sometimes things happen that we don't see entering a marriage. Um, and it, you know, you have to make, make decisions. 
it was a long haul in that, you know, once you separated, you know, I had to learn how, uh, I was a stay at home mom. So I had to enter the workforce with, you know, limited job skills, work my way up, try to figure out how to raise kids. The two kids that, that I got through the custody agreement, the oldest one was old enough to decide which parent he wanted to live with. He chose his dad. And, you know, just trying to slowly rebuild, not just my life, but the that of my kids. When I was in that psych ward, and after the doctor told me, you know, your environment is making you sick, I realized I needed to make some decisions. And one of them was getting the divorce. And and it was because I was thinking, what is it that I want to show my kids? What kind of mother do I want to be to my kids? Um, I, I knew I needed to stop the abuse. It needed to stop with me. I didn't want my kids to be abused, nor did I want them to learn to abuse others. So that was the impetus for making that decision to leave was not an easy decision, but it was the best decision. And it was very liberating. Now, was life easy after that? No, no. It's, you know, when you're at rock bottom and you're having to climb your way up, you know, there's mountain, there's peaks and valleys and in the whole nine yards, but that's all part of life. And for me, my saving grace has been my faith. So that's, like I said, has it been easy? No, but I've done it. I've put myself back to college and uh, worked my way up into uh, the, you know, the HOA industry where I've done very, very well. And, you know, contrary to his parting words to me, which were, you will never make it and no one will ever love you. So that's a lot to overcome, but you know, I've, I've, I've done it. So. And, you know, uh, it's coming from a 24 year old. Uh, I'm proud of you. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that everyone else out there that's um, watching and listening, I know they're going to be proud of you also for, you. you know, not just coming on to share your story, but to be brave enough to leave that situation, uh, to leave, that life to overcome um, everything that you was going through. Yeah, it's it's not easy because when you're, you know, I know the thoughts were like, how am I going to make it? How am I going to survive? You know, what how, how, what kind of job can I get? You know, and there's all kinds of fears, fears and in, in your mindset. And it's so easy to get into that negative mindset. And that's another thing that I'm still working on to this day is, is my thoughts and, um, you know, keeping in the right frame of mind. And when those negative thoughts kind of come in, try to rechannel it. And again, it's, it's a challenge. It's where I know my, my weaknesses and uh, I have to constantly work on that. Yes, ma'am. I definitely understand that as well. So as we get ready to uh, wrap up today, um, what would be if you could give one piece of advice to the audience and to the listeners, what would it be? Uh, that's a great question. Um, you know what? Be true to yourself. 
And if you, and listen to your gut feeling, if you think something's wrong, something probably is wrong. If you're feeling it in your body, you know, listen to that and take that step back, reach out. There's, there's help. Um, if you're in a domestic abusive, you know, situation or possibly think you can be, there's the National Domestic Violence Hotline, which is 1-800-799-SAFE. If it's mental illness, I know there's um, NAMI. I don't have that number, you know, off, off the top of my head like I did the domestic violence. But there is help, um, professional help. Sometimes reaching out to a family and friend can help, but they may not always understand. And sometimes it's easier to talk to a total stranger than to talk to someone that's close to you where you feel like you're going to be judged. You know what? You're not. You're, you're not going to be judged. Too many people have gone through what we've gone through and you are not alone. So that's my advice. Yes, ma'am. That is amazing advice because, you know, I didn't know the number for the uh, National Domestic Violence Hotline. Um, and also, I want to put out there, if you're struggling with um, mental health or suicide prevention or suicide, um, suicidal thoughts, you know, it's called uh, 988. And, you know, they'll get the help that you need. Uh, they'll be willing to talk to you as well. But is there, I want to ask you, is there anything that you are planning on working on in the next few months or in the upcoming years? I would like to get this message out um, about the red flags, educating, bringing awareness to domestic violence. Um, that's more like a professional goal, bigger goal. Personally, it's oh, I'm always working on my my health, my weight, um, you know, and, and my thoughts, thought process, my mindset. Those are always challenges for me, and that's an uh, an ongoing process. And it it's okay. I'm a work in progress. Most definitely. Uh, that's one thing that I think we all can attest to. We're all work in progress. Yeah. Um, if you think that you have it all figured out, you may want to go back to the drawing board because I promise <laughs> you never have it all figured out. No. Um, so I want to thank you for coming on to the, to the show today. Um, also, is there the best way for them to contact you right before we leave out? Sure. Um, if you're interested in getting autographed copies of my book, which is called Torched, Burnt by a Gaslighter, you can order it online at my website at www.brokentoboldness.com. And as of today, it is now available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble for, for ordering. So I hope everybody can, you know, wants to, to read it and get know more about gaslighting and how it impacts families and, and the victims. And, um, you know, I, it's been my, my pleasure to be on the show, Deshaun. And so thank you so much. You're welcome. And thank you for being a, being a guest and ladies and gentlemen, I'll have the links below so that you can, um, go find her books. And, um, uh, so that if you also want to connect, you can connect with her as well. Um, so that's been another episode of the Mindset Impact Podcast. Remember, this is not goodbye, but this is until next time.
Yeah.